All right, guys, shepherdess at Harmony Farms, where we encourage you to think big, start small, and don't quit. The excerpt coming up is from the Small Farmer Virtual Meetup, which is a monthly live stream that I host. If you want to join me, it's absolutely free. Go register at farmermeetup.com. If you guys want to contact me, you can do so by emailing shepherdess at harmonyfarms.blog. All right, guys, welcome to the 15th Virtual Small Farmer Meetup. Rachel said it in the comments, we do have some very rich content coming for you tonight. Actually, about an hour ago, I changed the entire theme of tonight's meetup based on what Rachel told me. She says, you need to tell people about August. So I'm gonna come to you tonight with some articles that I have read and some feedback that I have been getting with respect to what we are facing in the fall, but let's warm it up, guys. I'm gonna put out a poll, number one, to figure out who has been here before and how many first timers we have. Rich is from Lebanon Church, Virginia in Shenandoah Valley. It's my dream to visit there one time, Rich. So maybe we'll see each other in person someday. Brenda, busy you farm and fiber in South Dakota. Kyle is from Trenton, Texas. Brian is from Kenya, 4 a.m. there. Thank you so much for being here, Brian. Stephanie in Sealy, Texas. Justine in Weatherford. Hot and dry in Weatherford. Yes, Justine, it is hot and dry in Upper East Texas as well. We are in a pretty severe drought. Now we've had 16 inches in the year so far. Um, and when I tell people that, they're like, well, I wish I could have 16 inches, period. But where we're at last year, for example, we had 16 inches in about a month and a half. It's just where we're at. And so when it gets this dry, it gets a little concerning. We don't have a lot of infrastructure for sustained dry periods. Raising white dorpers in Maryland is what Jeff is doing. Catherine is in Clovis, New Mexico, grass-fed beef cattle and Dorper Cross sheep. All right, guys, I am gonna start out the meetup by reading something from her Homestead Skills channel. And I came across this video and you guys may have as well. It's got almost a million views, but I felt like the what she read was very important. It was commenting on food inflation in general and how we could see things beginning in August, which is where the comment from the beginning of this meetup stemmed from, um, that are extremely concerning. And we've already seen stuff that, you know, is almost unbelievable in just the past couple of years. So I'm just going to start it off. And this was a commenter on her channel, her homestead skills. So go check her out and uh, give her a subscribe. She's got some good videos there. She's based in Canada. So some of the comment will reflect that. But the commenter says this and the commenter is a farmer herself. She says, really, the cost of eggs for us to produce them is not surprising at a $12 per dozen projection. A bulk bag of feed for our pigs last year was $185, and now I pay $435. I am surprised at the comments on different channels about the farmers ripping off people on egg prices. It shows that people are not paying attention to what is happening. It's important that we wake up. We no longer sell our eggs as farmers and will downsize our poultry again as we have been warned that feed is going up again. We will keep enough hens and roosters to increase flocks again in spring for our own consumption. This is a farmer that typically sells to the public speaking. What farmers produce this year is for next year's consumption. I roll my eyes when I hear people say that there are no food shortages because our meat aisles are almost full. People using their grocery stores as a gauge of their family's food security will pay dearly. 
Yes, there is meat in the stores, but again, this meat supply is a result of last year's conditions. Now look deeper. The last year was a year of low crop yields, crop losses, and hay losses across North America, and it resulted in massive downsizing of livestock across Canada and the U.S. No hay, inability to get hay, or skyrocketing feed prices was a result of last year's harvests. And again, going to reinstate here, last year's harvests will determine what our food prices and really our food supply will be this year. We're only halfway through the year. First time, all four prairie provinces in Canada were hit with these kinds of losses and re of resource at the same time. Hay never made it to market and was bought up locally. Many farmers downsized, keeping enough breeders to start up again in the spring. This caused a glut in the market, meaning that farms were selling off their livestock to the market, which the market would take it and produce meat off of this livestock that was being liquidated for low resources. So again, then late winter, another downsizing took place as feed prices rose again. This is why you are still seeing meat in the meat aisle. Many small farmers were wiped out and others can no longer afford to grow for the market. This is both in US and Canada. We keep only enough to feed our families and many other small farmers are doing the same across North America. Now look at the big picture. That many animals taken out of production are not reproducing this year to replenish the market. Not enough animals to meet supply and demand. You're looking at an 18 month time period to raise up a steer for meat and an eight to 10 month time period to raise a pig for meat. Don't forget that now farmers need to keep what they breed to build up the livestock that they liquidated last year if they want to continue farming for the public. Feed prices make that unlikely. Many countries have closed exports of food. Same situation in the US and Canada. Look it up. So there is no way to replenish the losses. It costs more to feed the animals than what you can sell them for, not including your labor and transportation to market. Remember those fuel hikes? Farmers grow it, but truckers haul it to market. I hope you are beginning to see the true picture. This is the same with grains, cereal crops, cooking oils, etc. Now look at this year's spring seeding of fields. Notice any farmer's fields not planted. The cost of fuel, seed shortages, parts shortages, fertilizer shortages, etc. have made this concerning. You are seeing in stores what is from last year's harvest. You will see meat and other shortages by August of 2022. Not enough supply to meet demand and no way to import to make up for it. So meat will not be affordable even if you can get it. Poor yields and crop losses this year will compound this disaster. So next time someone tells you there are going to be severe food shortages come winter. Believe them, just ask a farmer. I thought this was very important to read because this is coming out of Canada. And a lot of what she mentioned, the circumstances, both climate circumstances and economic circumstances that are making up a perfect storm for what we could potentially see in the autumn are also happening here on a local level here in Texas. We are in Northeast Texas where I always talk about it. Rain is in abundance, and as a result, that produces an abundance of natural resources, namely hay. The farmers that we um, have locally here and the hay sources that we have locally here, 
Some of them have not even taken a first cutting of hay. It is July 1st. This is not information from me. This is information from my local feed store lady. She says it's going to look really interesting in fall because number one, we don't, a lot of the farms don't even have a first cutting of hay. And number two, the ones that are taking a first cutting have half yields. Um, and I don't want to come at you guys in a way that makes this a fearful situation for you at all. But I think that we just need to stay the course. If you are farming, if you are in the dog days of summer and you are working to create a little bit of a buffer for yourself and your family by beginning to grow some of your own food, stay encouraged that this is going to be extremely needful thing to do. And if you are just jumping in to farming, um, one of the things I wanted to mention to you guys is that if you can't immediately get up and going with a farm of sorts or producing your own food or maybe your garden fails or whatever, keep at it. Do not quit. Make connections with your local farmers through your farmer's markets. Go visit them, um, get a co-op together, order from the farmers that are well-established and keep them in business. All right, I'm gonna roll into number two thing I have to talk about. Um, recession versus a depression. You've probably heard it a lot with respect to the economy at the moment that we are heading into a recession. I was just gonna leave a brief description of each. This is from federalreservebankofsanfrancisco.org. Recession is a significant decline in economic activity spread across the economy lasting more than a few months. Normally visible in real gross domestic product, real income, employment, and industrial production, and wholesale retail sales. A recession begins just after the economy reaches a peak of activity and ends as the economy reaches its trough. Between trough and peak, the economy is in expansion. So that is a recession. And if you guys also want to raise your hand, you've been to fill up your gas tanks and thank the Lord if you're able to fill them up. But as you fill up your gas tanks, are you thinking about other ways you're going to have to cut back? I know I, that I have. And so that is kind of one factor in the equation with respect to a recession. We are paying more for groceries. We're paying more for gas and we're going to contract a little bit on the superfluous spending. Basically, there's no, according to the Federal Reserve, there is no general definition of a depression beyond just a prolonged recession. Yes, Anthony Leake says, a recession is when your neighbor loses his job. A depression is when you lose your job. Anthony leaves Proverbs 21:20. the wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. That is extremely good. Okay, all right, this brings me to the third this third bit of information that I kind of felt compelled to share just an hour ago, I was writing out all of these notes as I changed directions a bit here. Um, basically, we are heading into a recession. And I think we're going to feel it really hard this fall. Not only is food going to be expensive, but there's no end in sight with respect to the fuel prices. Um, and there's just three steps really that came to mind with respect to preparing for something like that, especially if you're a young person. If you are like me and you don't yet have a family, these may apply to you the most, but to be honest, I hope they help everyone. And step number one is just cut the fat on your expenses. Now, this isn't going to help the economy any, but this is going to help you on a personal level. And action step number one in doing that is just simply don't change what you're doing today, but begin recording what you're doing today. Every time you swipe or every time you um, pay out of pocket for something, 
simple little notebook, just write it down. Once you have a grasp on what you are actually spending, take a highlighter to that list and highlight the places where you can legitimately cut back. There's gonna surprise you. This is a practice that I, this is something I practice when I am getting a little bit tight um, with respect to budget or if I'm just getting out of control with respect to my spending. And there is going to surprise you on that list. You can cut back on so much without drastically affecting immediately at least the quality of your life. Number two is begin paying off any and all debts. You guys could raise your hand in here. Raise your hand if you are debt free and maybe give some tips as to how you really climbed out of that. And number three, after you climb out of your debt hole, position yourself in a place to give. And that's really where farming comes in. I don't recommend jumping too deep into farming until you've really got your debt under control you're spending on other fronts under control. Um, because to be honest, and I try to be honest with you guys as much as I can, farming is a huge learning curve. And I can say that from firsthand experience. I launched my farm on a savings, on a, sur a savings surplus. And I'm grateful I did because there've been a lot of expenses um, and a lot of discouragements. It's just, it's just a learning curve. So I would say position yourself to be, be in a place to give and use your farm as a means of that. Corin, tithe first, read about Cain and Abel's heart in tithing, and then listen to the Lord for where to get deals and spend only what you have. I am debt-free. Way to go, Corin. Jenna says, the best things we did to get rid of debt was to record every dollar we spent and be persistent with cutting down on that. Rich says he's been debt-free for 15 years and used Dave Ramsey. Everyone who has a mortgage should look into mortgage recast to pay off their home early. Candace says, avoid buying farm implements and equipment. Borrow and rent land from neighbors who barely use their own equipment. Use electric fencing instead of permanent fencing. These are great tips for startup, a quick startup of a farm and low cost input.